Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the Modern Christian Dads podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson alongside Kelly Stevens. What's up, Kelly? Hey, everybody. How are we doing? Good. How are you, sir? <laughs> I'm doing great. We're on take number two here. You might hear some random noises in the background today. We're dads, and my kids are here, so you might hear some little crazy noises in the background. So uh, work with us, right? Yeah, that's right. And there's, <laughs> and there's probably, hey, everybody, there's about 100 people in the room, too. A lot of yeah. fans, a lot of fans, and they're, they're, uh, they're having a good time. Someday we'll do a live show. We do appreciate all of you that do listen to the Modern Christian Dads podcast. Sometimes we don't know who you are. The other day I was out in making a public appearance, if you will, Kelly <laughs> yes, Stevens, yes. Uh, on behalf of the church, my, uh, National Day of Prayer. Anyway, I came across an individual who was a Modern Christian Dads fan and said, man, I love the show, appreciate it. So shout out to all of our listeners all across the world. You bet. We're a couple dudes talking new sports and gone, so let's dive right into it. How many of you remember the XFL? XFL was formerly owned by the WWE and Vince McMahon. It was a failed attempt a few years back. Well, here we go. They're, they're going to try it again. The XFL on Monday announced multi-year agreements with ESPN and Fox Sports to televise games starting with its inaugural 2020 season. XFL games will air weekly on broadcast TV, ABC, and Fox, complemented by games on cable, ESPN, ESPN2, FS1, FS2. The XFL's TV schedule will feature back-to-back games each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern and two games on Sunday afternoons. The XFL will kick off on Saturday, February 8, 2020 with teams in Dallas, Houston, Los Angeles, New York, St. Louis, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington, D.C. Additional XFL-themed programming and on-air talent will be announced soon. So, Kelly, the XFL is back. I told you beforehand, uh, trying to stir your memory a little bit, this is back a few years back when the XFL tried to come out with this kind of raunchy league. They had... uh, uh, nicknames on the back of their their jerseys. They had kind of the raunchy cheerle- cheerleaders. Uh, who did I? Jesse uh, Jesse Ventura sure. was broadcaster and all those kind of things. I remember it being popular and went well for one season, and then it tanked after that. Yeah, I you know, <laughs> it's one of the things. If you're competing with the NFL, uh, it's it's going to be a hard start. But uh, I think that there's probably a market for this. I, um, but be wise and build it you know, uh, slowly don't, don't, you know, I mean, um, uh, you got to develop your fan base and, and grow from there. They have tried for many years now, different leagues, arena football, et cetera, to become a competitor with the NFL, but it just seems like it never really works out. Here's my take. Let's just start paying college football players. Let's start paying college athletes. I'm a huge, I'm highly in favor of paying college athletes because the NCAA is making billions of dollars yes. off the names and yep. the kids and the students while they might get a full ride scholarship. I understand yep. that. Yeah. But you have to understand NCAA is marketing their jerseys, their apparel. They're doing it all. Billions of dollars while one kid might get in trouble for, you know, getting like 50 grand under the, yep. under the table or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, so let's just pay college players. That'll be the official minor leagues and we'll be, we'll be good from there. We won't need XFL, et cetera, et cetera. There you go. I agree That's with my that. take and my solution. <laughs> I know a lot of sports analysts are on the same page. 
I, I'm for getting rid of the NCAA. I don't even understand the purpose of the NCAA. Yeah, well, it's controlling. I believe they are completely <laughs> corrupt in every way. But uh, XFL, it will be interesting. I think they're going to rebrand it. They're going to make it a little more wholesome than it was before. I know that WWE is a PG product now. As before, in the XFL days, it was definitely a PG-13 product. Now it's a PG product, so I think things will change a yeah. little bit. I'm excited to see it. I'm, you know, I, I don't watch a lot of uh, sports on television, but uh, I'll give it a go. I'm always a big underdog fan. I like, I like when there's a underdog to the monster, if you will. Yeah, uh, yeah. In terms of these leagues and yeah. things like that, the so, David and Goliath story. Yes. SNL Adam Sandler pays tribute to Chris Farley in hosting debut. The episode, which marked the former cast members' first time as host since departing the show in 1995. Uh, that makes you feel old right there, for me at least, <laughs> included several references to past Sandler characters, but the one part I told you that I had watched, Kelly, was the tribute song to Chris Farley, and uh, so it was uh, It was nice to see Adam Sandler back in the SNL host role, and man, I tell you what, that, speaking of getting old, when you go back and see those old SNL characters, how many have come and gone through there? 1995? Wow. That is amazing. I was an SNL fan way back. I haven't been for a long time, many, many years. Yeah. Because I just don't think that the characters have been as good as what, uh, you know, those guys were class acts. I mean. They were. Legends. And yeah. I, And I think it was probably about that time, 90s, mid-90s, when it started yeah. shifting away from really. Uh, you know, these, these giants, these legends of comedy. Yeah. And you look at what they've done. I mean, so many of them went off and had a whole nother career in movies and and that kind of thing. And I, you know, I, I really like the, uh, the older stuff. I am a, and I'm a big Chris Farley fan as well. I love Chris Farley. I was going through Amazon prime the other day. Black sheep was one of my favorites. Yeah. A lot of people like Tommy, Tommy boy, Tommy boy. I like black sheep better though. Yeah. I, I, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I also, I kind of identify with Chris Farley a little bit, you know, fat guy in a little coat, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> with the exception of living in a van down by the river. The river, yes. Yeah. All right. So go check out some of those. Uh, you can see a bunch of those clips on YouTube, and it was pretty good. And I just don't like that SNL is so political, so blatantly political. It drives me crazy. They so all much. are anymore, and I, I refuse to watch them. Just be funny. Come on. I yes. don't. I. I mean, I already know that you're a liberal comedy show. You don't need to tell me that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just and, do funny. And, and they can do that. I mean, right. they're talented enough to do it. Yes. I, I guarantee you that their audience would grow if they do that. Yeah. I do remember one time. Uh, he's. I haven't seen him for quite a while. Jeff Foxworthy. They yeah. had actually talked about how many millions of dollars that he had made by doing clean comedy. Yeah. Because he had there just wasn't a market for that, and people want that. Yeah, they do want that. <laughs> here's your sign. No, that was another uh, buddy of Jeff Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. That said, here's your sign. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 100 amazing facts for people who can't get enough amazing facts. I did. <laughs> do you like these? Do you like clicking on these random? Amazing facts, things like that. <laughs> I like hearing them. <laughs> okay. I, cl- I click on them every once in a while, these lists, because they're rather interesting. This one, 100 amazing facts. I'm not reading all 100. Just pulled a few that I thought were interesting. Here we go. Whether or not you dream in black and white depends on whether you watched black and white television growing up. So with that in mind, wow. have you ever dreamed in black and white or always color? You know what? Or both? I, I do not remember my dreams. Wow. I, I dream all the time. I do dream. I know I dream, but I, I, once I wake up, 
it's gone. I don't, I don't remember anything. Huh. I have never dreamed in black and white. I do not remember dreaming in black and white, although I am old enough to. I remember we did have a black and white TV when I was a kid for a little while. So You're so old. I know it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I won't go there. Okay. The, the word unfriend was first used in 1659. Did you know that? That's not a Facebook word. Not I unfriend a you. 2021st century word, but rather... The word unfriend was in the dictionary and used back in 1659. Wow. Uh, what does the definition say? Did you get that? I, I didn't get it. Basically the same thing, like not going to be friends anymore. Okay. Yeah. So unfriending, I know that was very, uh, I really like the thing they do on Facebook. So instead of if you want to get rid of someone on Facebook, I mean, you just straight up unfriend them. But a lot of times what that does, it sends you a notification like Jeremiah just unfriended you. So that usually <laughs> creates issues with that person, right? right. Probably. Right. But they have an unfollow button. So what the unfollow button do does is it's essentially unfriending them without them knowing it. Right. So and, little well, tip for you. Those people you don't like, just unfollow them, not unfriend them. Yes, Rick Maynard. Yeah. I mean, I have just, and the people you really don't like, then you just straight up block them. But anyway. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's what happened to Rick. I just straight up blocked him. Uh, penguins, and Rick wouldn't even know. He doesn't even know the difference between like podcasts and he doesn't. social media and Facebook anyway. Yeah, he's, a, he's not a nerd. <laughs> yeah. Uh, penguins used to be almost seven feet tall. What? Yeah. I didn't write out the descriptions of all these. I just kind of cut and pasted real quick. But I guess penguins used to be bigger. I would not want to run into that dude. <laughs> a seven foot penguin. That would be scary. Have you seen one of those in your dreams? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, didn't uh, Adam Sandler, going back to him, in, uh, he, he had a penguin or right. something. Right, <laughs> yeah. That was when he went back to school. Yes, yes. And he would see a penguin when he was uh, under the influence of certain things. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Space smells like a NASCAR race, a mix of hot metal, diesel fumes, and barbecue. So... Really? Go to NASCAR. Roughly, that will what that is what space smells like. <laughs> okay. Although I I do I want to I they talked about this technology I've never heard it getting really popular but they talked about these companies that they would essentially take you up in an airplane and then you'd rocket off that airplane then you would technically get into space for twenty minutes and then you would come experience back, yeah. zero gravity come back down and that was like two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I'm thinking about but getting some deodorant. Pastor's appreciation gift. That's would that more, be cool? The Tesla will be cheaper, so just go with the Tesla. Now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. One man who urinated in a reservoir ruined eight million gallons of water. So I did write the explain. Did get the explanation on this one. In 2011, a 20 year old man who thought it would be funny to urinate in the city reservoir of Portland, Oregon. His little gag ended up requiring the city to get rid of 8 million gallons of treated drinking water as a result. <laughs> How did they know that he did that? Uh, video maybe or I, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I've got a feeling probably more people that they don't know have <laughs> right. done that. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. All right. Tug of war used to be an Olympic event. The, the, this even existed all the way up until 1920. And now it's been relegated to field days and family reunions. But for a very long period, tug of war was an Olympic event. Uh, you know what? And uh, I like that. That's It'd be fun. More, tug of war. Be more exciting than curling. Maybe we could challenge a couple churches around to do a tug of war event, yeah. modern Christian dad event, and uh, you know fundraise. That's a good idea. I like that. 
We'll have to we'll have to store that one away. Okay. Pocket it. All right. Well, this Sunday is going to be Mother's Day. Hi, Mom. Love you. Mother's Day. So Sunday, May 12th is Mother's Day. And for many people, it means spending a ton. Okay, check this out. The National Retail Federation estimates that this year's this year, Americans celebrating the holiday will spend an average of $196 compared with $180 in 2018. But oftentimes that money goes to waste with plenty of moms lamenting online uh, about their online gifts that go wrong. <laughs> uh what are you, are you above or below that average, Kelly? I'm definitely below. Uh, I'm definitely below. My wife wouldn't even let me spend that much for that. So <laughs> anyway, here's some uh, gifts under $20 that you could, uh, we're going to give you some uh, budget-friendly ideas. Here we go. A gift she'll keep forever. What I love about mom, fill in the blank book. It's about $10 on Amazon uh, to, remain her, uh, to remind her daily that you love her. A precious Remember I Love You Mom glass dish, $17 on Amazon. Customized jewelry, like the uh, hand-stitched necklaces and bracelets, things like that, $18 on Etsy. Something practical, the sleek mobile phone stand. So mobile phone stand, $8 on Amazon. And then the gift that keeps on giving for months, vouchers for mom for things like a no complaint day, no complaints day. You can get one of those books for $13 on Amazon. So go to Amazon, search Mother's Day gifts under $20. You can find these and many other great ideas for your mother. Yeah, take care of your mom. Or just spend a lot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day ahead of time to all of our wives, mothers. You do a wonderful job. Well, we're in that time of year where it's time to water the lawn, get the yard looking green again. So I'm going to give you eight tips, Kelly, for healthy grass with a deep, strong root system. I need this, brother. Okay, here we go. Number one, always water in the morning. Mm-hmm. Soak cinch, uh, You need to soak six inches into the soil. Number three, use pulsating sprinklers, not oscillating ones. The sprinkler shoots out the water horizontally at a high velocity so it's not as vulnerable to wind and evaporation as oscillating types, which spray the water straight up. Hmm, didn't know right. that. Very interesting. Go easy with new grass. It's always tempting to use more water when more water isn't always the most healthy thing. Now here, and along with that, uh, next one up is water twice a week. Max, frequent light watering can lead to fungus and a shallow root system. Fewer waterings that soak the soil more deeply encourage the roots to grow deeper. So if you're watering all the time, it's actually bad. And it's not going to give your yard a, a opportunity to grow really deep roots. Yeah, yeah. Get, I, I hear if you play Modern Christian Dad's uh, podcast, you know, out to your lawn. Mm -hmm. just over and over and over, that that's good for growth too. Amen. Yep, I totally agree with that. <laughs> all right, get a timer. The next one is uh, get a timer, all right? So those are some news, sports, gifts, ideas, and things like that. Uh, wanted to just today in our spiritual encouragement, talking about going all in or um, let it go. And, and this is... Uh, in regards to uh, our Mother's Day, kind of on the Mother's Day theme about um, 
loving and caring for and ideas for our mothers. So I'm going to walk through some scriptures and we're going to talk through them and might give us some insight how we can love mothers and those in our life. Second Samuel 12, 24, then David comforted his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her and she bore a son and she called his name Solomon and the Lord loved him. So I was thinking about this issue of comforting our wives that we need to learn as men how to comfort our wives. You know, <laughs> I think that that's hard for that. guys. I mean, I think it really is a, a struggle for a lot of guys to, uh, to comfort, feel vulnerable, you know, but, uh, Belinda would tell you that I'm probably really good at that. <laughs> and that's one of the things women want the most, isn't it? They don't probably want, even if we spent $200 or $250, most women and our wives and mothers probably don't want any of that. They just want to be comforted and loved. Yeah, yeah. And they want the present. They, they need both. <laughs> they want the present too. <laughs> Next one, uh, Song of Solomon 410. Yeah. How beautiful is your love, my sister, my bride? How much better is your love than wine and the fragrance of your oils than any spice? Song of Solomon, I love that book. I love that God had the audacity and the humor to throw that one in there for us. My favorite verse in Song of Solomon is, your navel is like a rounded goblet, never lacking blended wine. It's my favorite <laughs> verse in uh, Song of Solomon. Drop that one on Rachel all the time. So, uh, But, you know, our mothers, they want to be told how much we love them. They want to be told how beautiful they are. Yes. So practical tip for our wives and mothers, more, again, more than the gift, yeah. they want to be told how much they are loved. That's right. It's, it's guys, you have to tell them it's not, well, I work hard. So you know that I love you. I have a house for you. So, you know, I love you. Yeah. That doesn't cut it. They, they want to hear it from you. Yeah. Have you ever read the book, the five love languages? I have not. Okay. That's one of the all time popular ones where you're learning, uh, you're the, the, how you uh, love language, the, the love language that you speak mm -hmm. and the one that you receive the most or whatever. And then typically the, how you're most loved. So for example, one of them is like gift giving. So sometimes you can be the kind of person that loves to give gifts to right. other people. And a lot of times women don't want gifts. They want to be told that they're loved and right. verbal expression. Right. So I know sometimes I, I can be in this line. I can go get good gifts for Rachel and then give the gifts and be like, See, should, you know, see how much I love you? And she's like, well, I wish you'd just sit down on the couch with me and yeah. tell me that you love me. That'd yeah. mean more than the gifts. Yeah. Uh, and so our, our wives want to be told uh, rather than just, just given gifts how much they're loved. So we verbally express that. Yes. And I tell you what, I think your children want that too. Yep. Exactly. Uh, uh, moving on to the next scripture, we are on uh, next one. Yeah, here. Jacob loved Rachel and he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Mm -hmm. uh, that's Genesis 29, 18. So just how can you on this Mother's Day weekend coming up, how can we serve our mothers? You know, the mothers do a lot of work in terms of house, kids, laundry, those kind of things. And I know sometimes uh, you're, this is a great weekend to just serve our yeah. mothers. Yeah. I, I, I will be cooking for my wife. Okay. That's so, what she likes. Uh, and uh, she would probably really appreciate it if I cleaned the house. She would like that. Laundry. That's my struggle. <laughs> it is my The too. struggle is real. Laundry. <laughs> is. Folding it. Oh, man. So anyway. 
Uh, I actually did a load of laundry at the church here the other day because I didn't want to bug Rachel. So, well, how nice of you. Yeah. yeah that was really <laughs> I nice. I tried to wash it and dry it before our uh, custodians got in there to be like, what is this underwear in here? <laughs> it's the pastors. He got kicked out. He's doing laundry at the church <laughs> yeah, now. Li- living at the church now. <laughs> Serve your wife this Mother's Day, your mother. Then uh, next one. Then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Uh, Genesis 24, 67. Next one. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went into mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. These are just kind of all Mother's Day verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ephesians five thirty three. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And that's one of the things that we forget to do. You know, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. An admonition from the word of God, that's always easier said than done. Yes. <laughs> so um, think of your wife as yourself, you know. And I, one time I was thinking about this in this context as a pastor, um, that my wife is my church. I felt like God said that to me one time. It's like, you know, sometimes I take all this energy and effort into the church that I pastor. Yeah. But my wife is my church. Yeah. My kids are my church. My my home is my church. That's my primary yeah. church. And am I giving the same effort and energy and time or am I always just at church? Yeah. No, and, that's, that's a good word. Neglecting the church, you know. So that was really convicted me one time to say my yeah. wife is my church. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think a, a lot of pastors maybe struggle with that because they end up uh, uh, giving more time and effort to the church rather than uh, their family. And their family should become before that church. Yeah. And so I, I've said it like this too before for all of you. Uh, how many of you want to be a pastor? And you know, when, well, if you're married, you are a pastor. Yeah. You have a church Yeah, and you got your own church. It's called you, you know, first of all, you got to pastor your own church, yeah. which is you. And then you got to pastor your wife and you got to pastor yeah. your family. So every man, if you are married, has a pastoral calling and role yeah. in your life, whether you like it or not. I always get nervous when my family comes in and takes a vote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one. Colossians three nineteen. husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Ephesians five twenty five. husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Mm. Number three, likewise, husbands live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of this, of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. And so it sounds like according to God's word that when we're not loving our wives when we're not functioning in that relationship as God wants it to be, there could be a possible hindrance to our prayer life. Yeah, I, I totally believe that. Which is scary. Yes. yes. <laughs> so think about that. Think about that. Wow. My, my loving my wife uh, affects my prayer life and uh, my serving and caring and comforting and giving myself, you know, if I do that and I do that more effectively than I do now, there could potentially be more answered prayer in your life. There you go. So praise God. Amen. All right. Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. It's kind of like that old, uh, Marriage counselors said that marriage is not 50-50, it's 100%. Yes. Because you're one. It's not me about giving 
half of me and you half were one. Yeah. We are one person. That's not possible. Yeah, no. Uh, you know, and I, I've talked to a few a few different guys over the past few years that have lost their wives, you know, to to cancer or to whatever. And uh, one thing that they have said over and over and over uh, is that they feel like a part of them has died. And I, mm. I, too, I, I believe that because wow. you do become yeah. one, you know. Yeah. So. Yes. And then finally, we've said this multiple times already, but obviously the scripture must mean it because it continues to reiterate it in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So lots of admonition, lots of commands to us guys from God's word to love our wives, care for them, comfort them, speak good words over them, serve them, do all of those things. And I hope all of us dudes, us guys will do that this Mother's Day. Yes. And remember, a happy wife, a happy life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, guys. Hope you had a great time on this episode of the Modern Christian Dads. You can support us. You can email us, modernchristiandads at gmail.com. We look forward to interacting with you further. Catch you next time, guys. We'll talk to you later. Modern Christian Dads. Modern Christian Dads. Modern Christian Dads. Modern Christian Dads. Dads.